Six sandwiches? I don't even know what that is. I have no clue what that was supposed to be either, but fuck it. Let's go. That was weird. Aw, uh, snapsicles. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, so uh, welcome, everybody, to Brick Sandwiches, the podcast in which you are treated with a beautiful, a beautiful gourmet delight. We take a little bit of nerd culture. We take some fun comic stuff. We take movies. We make TV. We get a little condiments of video games. We put it all together in between two bricks. Nope. No, no, no. Wait, that's the bread and the brick? <laughs> the brick is the filling. I'm never going to get this right. That's We're going to be on episode 100, that's and I'm fine. not going to get it right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it all goes together somehow. Mm-hmm into some sort of pseudo-edible device, which is then shoved down your throat, because that's what we do here with our fun, entertaining dialogue about that fun, cool shit. My name is Evan. I come from the film and TV side of things. From the land of the comics and the video games, we have Johnny. Say what's up. What's going on, everybody? Hey. So, um... Hopefully, you will be in the middle of a three-episode, uh, what's it called? Binge. Binge mm, listening. Because yes. um, we have a lot of episodes to put out. Um, and that is entirely my fault. Fun things. But look, we are here now. And uh, we are going to talk about something that is very near and dear to both of us. And this is the season finale of The Flash, season yes. two. I have a question for you before we get before we get started on The Flash. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the full last three episodes of Arrow? Yes, I did. You did? I did. I caught all the way up through all of um, Arrow and finished the season. Oh, man, did I do that? Do you have anything you'd like to say about Arrow before we get into the Flash? Oh my God, um, I'm really mad at that show now. It's I um, mean, it's descended into madness, and that's not a good thing. I would say that I don't know what that show is about anymore. And I don't think the writers do either. Um, and I don't mean that in the way that, like, it's all the writers' fault that the show's turned into what it is. I just think that, like, I think that the that they kind of maybe lost sight of what made the show really good. Um, and tried to experiment with something different, and it didn't really pay off. And I think a lot of that has to do with what you were saying with the idea of, like, once you've already threatened the city, and then you've threatened the city again, and then you've threatened the city again, all you have exactly. left is magic and nukes, and that does kind of, like, leave a bitter taste in my mouth. Is like, oh, this isn't really what I was hoping for out of Arrow. Like, the, yeah, I mean, the stakes are unnaturally ugh. high. And there's no, like, connectivity to what's happening with the characters. It's just like, oh, there's a thing. It's happening. You know, it reminds me of, um, 
You know, when James Bond movies are ridiculous. Oh, we need to right? talk about that, too. Um, when James Bond movies... <laughs> When James Bond movies are ridiculous, and you know, there's 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 eras in which James Bond is good, in which it's terrible, um, and the, the the worst James Bond mil- movies when when you got James Bond fatigue, mm. it was after several movies where every time you saw a James Bond movie, it just felt like. Some crazy super evil bad guy was mm. gonna find some nukes right. of, or or some nuclear stand-in weapon, whether it was a space laser or whatever. It's like a doomsday weapon, right? Yeah, some yeah. doomsday device, yeah. and then threaten the entire world unless some ransom or some whatever nonsense was paid. Right. I mean, that's the whole point of Austin Powers was to make fun of all of that. Yeah. Right. Sure. The ridiculousness, the absurdity of the stakes, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting because as as a writer, one of the things you're always taught is like, if you have an opportunity to make the stakes higher, make the stakes higher. You can always do that. Mm-hmm. And there's there's different ways to do that, right? You know, there's there's one way to do it um, is to make it more and more personal yeah. to people. Um, and that goes so far in one direction. And then other ways to do it is to make it more and more existential, right? You know, this is when you make it on big, you know, large citywide, humanity-wide scales, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, ideally, when you're raising stakes, you're doing a little bit of both, right? Mm. You're making something uh, more personal at the same time as you're making it a bigger threat to more people. Mm-hmm. Um you know what's funny? Like the way you're describing this is exactly the how, and we'll get into it. The finale, yeah. Flash felt, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is what they tried to do. Anyways, yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting when you do that, but if you do the existential raising of stakes without tying it to something personal and emotional, mm-hmm. it loses its threat. Right. It loses the gravity of the situation. Right. And one of the things that I think, you know, this is what I said about, about arrow a couple seasons ago is that, um, arrow started as such a personal story. It was so good. It was about, it, it was about Oliver dealing with like running back into Laurel again and Laurel's dad, knowing he was a piece of shit and his mm-hmm. family and all this stuff. And like, to their credit, they were willing to kill off people, you know, kill off his best friend, kill off his mom, and do mm-hmm. things like that. And these are things that I, I do credit the show. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that happened in the meantime is that they lost things to take away from Oliver mm-hmm. to make it very um, – to make it really personal stories. And it it seems like it fell into the pattern of just killing someone around him by itself. Mm-hmm can count as really highly personal stakes right and so this season we saw the death of laurel lance which to me had there were no stakes to it Mm -hmm. and it was really obvious that in like the episode before maybe maybe two episodes before but really like really hard like the episode before they just said like oh yeah by the way we need to remind you how close they are and how much this matters and all that stuff yeah but most of the season and it's and it's really obvious i mean like let's be real 
we talked um or there's not we didn't talk there, there there's footage out there that come from uh different uh members of the production and creative crew that said like at the beginning of the season they shot the scene with the tombstone and all that stuff right. without knowing who that was going to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they built this whole thing up like the whole first half of the season was the fake out that it was going to be felicity right but it's when we get to the end of it and it's laurel it felt like they didn't know who it was going to be yeah you know? and again this is this is something that i don't want to i don't want to bash too hard on because when you are writing a 22 or 23 episode season, you never know the end of it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, you know general character arcs and, 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 and targets of, like, I want to take Oliver from here to here. I mean, this right. is where I want – this is direction I want to go with these characters and things like that. But you don't actually – like, it's just impossible to do 23 episodes worth of really detailed outlines and doing all that stuff before you actually start filming one of them you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. not only that it, it's just like not worth doing it because there's just discovery along the way oh yeah uh, for sure i just think that it, it seemed to me that unfortunately they planned they didn't plan correctly they're like oh we'll kill somebody because that has to mean something for the stakes of this show yeah but they didn't even know what that meant emotionally you know what i mean like so I think, and uh, it's again, it's 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 tough to speculate because there's so much that's going on in a writer's room that it's yeah. really it's no, really true. difficult to figure out where everything's gonna go. So let me let, let me just recap that yeah, really yeah. quickly, like because right. again, like I don't want to be I'm with you. I don't want to be down on it. Obviously, this show has done a lot. We can credit this show for a lot, um, and I do think that this is their weakest season. Um, and I hope that from, from, from what I understand, the way things are looking, I hope that they take this as an opportunity to recalibrate and kind of get back to where they, where they should be. Maybe, maybe like more back to their roots or maybe back to like a more personal story with Oliver. Well, let's talk about that because it's just a quick interjection. Apologies, apologies, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're going to be faced with kind of no choice. And so, you know, the, I guess the plan is for seven seasons of Arrow. Yeah. But we're on season five, which, according to the backstory of his five years on the island, mm-hmm. the la- this is his last year on the island where yeah. we need to see how he becomes the person that we're going to see in season one, episode one. Right. The killing machine, the guy who comes back ready to fucking be um, a vigilante hero and all that mm-hmm. stuff. This really could, should, you know, could be the best most personal emotional season ever mm-hmm. because ideally it's the you know it's the one that brings us full circle right go ahead go ahead and continue well, no no i think you're right i think that you know whatever whatever they do you know if, if given given that like they they've now set it up where you know uh thea has left and uh and john is gone so like he doesn't have the same sort of, like I, there's one thing that i liked at the end of the season where he says, you know, I've, I've never been the arrow without you. And he's talking yeah. to John to Diggle. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, that's an interesting pairing of two people. Um, and it's going to be cool to see him try to be to be the Green Arrow without that sort of support structure. Except yeah. they still kind of, like, left in, 
like Felicity and like a few other layers. And you're I like, mean, everybody's coming back. They're not kicking everyone. Yeah, else. exactly. And that it's and, just gonna be like three to four episodes of them working it back out. Right. Well, they'll have their B side stories, right? Where yeah. they're off doing their own thing. So I don't know. Like you're right. Like whatever it is, I want to know. You know, another thing that's really key is that we've always seen how the things of his past on the island have something to do with the current timeline in his life, right? So this yeah. will be very integral. Like the whole time I was looking at his like, you know, fighting the the magic dude and the Russian lady is so stupid. Um, I was just thinking like, what is he gonna do to get to be like that long haired like hunter who's surviving yeah. on an island you know what i mean like just trying to make sure he's not dead every day um and you're right that that will be the interesting story and we will see what that what what that you know will hopefully entail for the the proper season but yeah and they need a recal like i don't know it's just not it's not clicking it's not it's well, let me say this sorta. let me say this it's been two seasons now that i actually haven't cared at all what's going on in the flashback um plot yeah. Like I, I, this whole season, I didn't care anything about the flashback plot. I get it. Where this, it's this, the, the discovery of the magic, but it wasn't integral enough to the present day plot that I cared yeah. about it. Like yeah. if you literally go through the entire Arrow season and just cut out all the flashbacks, like yeah, those fine. those holes are gonna get filled anyway in figuring out like what the magic is and like uh, the 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 headpiece and all that shit. Like that's all just gonna get figured out anyway. Yeah. And you don't need it. Whereas in the early, you know, the first two seasons, the stuff that went on in the backstory were things that really helped to inform and push forward the present day story. Here's the other thing that really. So, I don't know if you're aware of how it ended, but like it basically ended in the streets with like Damien Dark versus a Green Arrow, right? Uh huh. And Damien Dark's magic won't work on him now because the city has hope. Whatever. <laughs> Uh -huh. fuck that means like i've seen that play in comics much better but the city has hope which means that his magic won't work and then he's like oh okay well we'll then we'll just do this as like a, a fighting thing and Damien dark goes you remember i was in the league of assassins right and he starts kicking his ass so it's like it literally devolves into a fight scene the first person in the face into a punching match where two professionally trained assassins are just like trading punches back and forth. And the whole time I was thinking to myself, like, shouldn't you have developed a plot where like Arrow and his friends were smart enough to like maybe distract Damien Dark while somebody goes into the cave and I don't know, destroys the talisman thing and then yeah. he doesn't have magic? Like, why the fuck are we spending time with this whole city of hope shit? Like this city is just meh. Like, I don't care about Star City. And I don't... Yeah, I mean, I don't care about Star City either. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Anyways, so... Whatever. The whole thing kind of devolved into a really lackluster season. Worse than last season. Um, hopefully they, they fix it. Let's move on to other stuff. Okay, so we're gonna move on to The Flash. Yeah, man. Um, I, I want to add one last thing. Yeah. One last thing about Arrow. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Arrow should benefit from a smaller cast. Mm. One of the things I think Arrow's weakness was was its cast got too big. Kind of and you could like I I 
I always made fun of the the arrow conversation where like eight people would be standing in a circle and you yeah. get the 360 camera around all of them mm-hmm. while each person says like a one thing. sentence and then yeah. the next sentence and the next sentence yeah. just so we had this excuse to get them all talking and flash was actually guilty of doing this a few times at different parts of the sure. season sure. as as their cast got more bloated and it's just like it's something that you get like I get why you do that because you're trying to make it more action and you know like trying to make conversations less boring, but it's also like obviously you have too many fucking people in the room. Yeah. Um. If if eight people are standing around talking about the same, you know, if you I have mean, Laurel thing- and you have Felicity and you have yeah. fucking Thea and Diggle and Diggle's wife and the dude who's friends with Felicity. And air and, and Oliver yeah. and like and they're all there and you're doing the conversation and it's just mm-hmm. like you know and then fucking like the detective Lance and all that and you're yeah, just like yeah, yeah yeah all right guys yeah I'm tapping out I'm tapping yeah out. no I think that the only thing that the, and the, you're right the Flash has been guilty of it too but the thing that I do like that they do is sometimes to get away from that they go okay. Uh, uh, you know, Harry says he's gonna go work on something in the lab. Cisco yeah, says and he just walks on something in off. the workshop. Yeah. Caitlin says she's gonna go work on something in the, in the medical lab. Like, yeah, people just go and do shit, and you're like, okay, good. And then you're left with, you know, Joe and Barry, and then Joe goes, "Are you sure about that?" You know what I mean? Like they have yeah, their yeah, conversation, yeah. which I really appreciate. Like, oh, good. Like, go fuck off and do your job, so we can do a thing here. I mean, it's good because it creates, it allows us to experience um, uh, more intimate relationship moments between characters instead of like the big group gangbang conversations where it's just like, yeah, we're all kind of throwing our two cents in the hat and whatnot. Right, right. Um, But anyway, Flash Finale? Flash Finale? Yes. So general thoughts. Let's, let's, Let's go... Do we want to? Okay, we'll at the end. Do we want to rate it at the end? Do we want to be those guys and no, do that? Okay. I don't need to be. Yeah, I don't think we need to. Be so let's go that. general thoughts though. Kind of like what? What are the first few things that come to your mind after seeing? Okay. Just the finale now, and then we'll get to the entire season as a whole. Okay, so you're saying what are my general thoughts on just the finale? Yeah. Um. I thought that they took some really cool chances um, that I really appreciated, um, and I hope that they continue to find ways to explore in the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did some things in it that I thought were generally pretty typical. Um, like the push-pull of Iris Barry. I was like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is so CW, it hurts. Yeah. Um, but that said, first of all, I love that the final battle came down to a race, which is I mean, yeah, it's the Flash, flash. yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. I also think that they went finally above and beyond where they needed to be with the Flash in speed, like speed combat, mm-hmm. because I was getting a little fed up with like Barry running really fast and then punching somebody at regular speed. Right, <laughs> like it's a little awkward. Like you're the Flash, no one's gonna stop you. Um, so I really appreciated that. Um, that said, there were a lot of plot holes in the episode that did feel a little weird, like the time race and the uh, the time 
remnants remnants yeah the time remnants and just oh just the idea of the breaches continued to elude my understanding which is yeah. to say that like they know that zoom can make breaches but every time they throw him away in a breach they act like he can't get back yeah I'm like, so Wait, i thought what the fuck like yeah that was weird so, sorry go ahead my my entire feeling of the finale can be summed up in two words. Mm. And these two words are knee pads. And follow me on this. Okay. They would try to introduce some high-level threat or something that's supposed to emotionally knock you down. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether it was the death of Barry's dad in the penultimate episode. Right. Whether it was, uh, you know, the death of Barry's time remnant, whatever it was, they kept doing these things that are supposed to be these high stakes, high emotional things that are kind of to knock you down emotionally. But the way they were always presented, it was like you had cushioning when you fell to make sure that the impact was really not that hard. Okay. And so... For example, Barry's dad dies in the penultimate episode, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to feel like that's fucking crazy. And that they handled it well. First of all, I really cheered when Barry's dad died, not because like I'm a sadistic fuck, but just mm-hmm. because the show needed it, mm-hmm. and it was. I thought it was a really good decision yeah. to like you know to to raise the stakes for Barry to put him in the in the kind of uh, unstable place they wanted him to be in going into the final episode and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then they soften the blow of that by giving us Jay Garrick is really the doppelganger of Barry's dad. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they want to give us some kind of flash sacrificial thing to beat zoom. But instead of just like having Barry Allen earth one flash be a sacrificial thing, Barry goes two minutes back in time and we get a time remnant of Barry who's willing to sacrifice himself. And it's just like, well, like I knew this guy for maybe 90 seconds before he sacrificed himself and died. And there's really no consequence to it. So you really, again, you just soften the blow again. Like you just, that I actually don't agree with at all. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, I think that because you say you knew him for 90 seconds, but in actuality, you've known him for two seasons. So, like, Mm. I think that they did a good job illustrating the idea that the time remnant was as much Barry as the Barry we were left with. And I think that the. All right. Well. No, no, no. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) No, fine. It's fine. I'm sorry. I just shit in Johnny's cereal so bad. I'm sorry. No. I'm not trying to invalidate your you opinion. You really are. I totally did. <laughs> Please. No, no, no. Continue. I'm just going to have a retort. I'm sorry. Go, 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 ahead. go. What go. is your retort? No, 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 no. Please. No, I want it. No, no, no. I'm no, salty no. now. Now you had the fucking retort. <laughs> fucking dick. Okay. The reason. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Johnny's like fuck it I'm out <laughs> uh, 
No, the reason why, the reason why it doesn't bother me hmm. at all, and I felt zero emotional connection. I've I've felt zero gravity from it, is because it'd be one thing if a time remnant was something that had this huge butterfly effect or if we had known time remnant flash or whatever for some time or whatever but like basically what this said to me is that any any time barry needs another one of him that he could just sacrifice for any whatever fucking reason right he could just run two minutes back in time yeah it's just too easy to create this person that's going to be sacrificial. And let's be real. They, they they gave us a scene immediately after it to try to tell us that it's an emotionally important thing. Because they knew for fact that it was not going to play as well as they wanted it to. I'm sorry. I, no, like, no, no, okay. So here's the thing that's interesting about that. One is I, I, I don't uh, – the thing that I do like is that him doing that did create a time wraith, which I think – is a way of saying that he can't do it whenever he wants, right? That they did kind of like did kind of fix that, where it's like, yeah, we have that, but we created. But the a time, time wave came after Zoom well, because see, Zoom had done you're it. You're right, but like the epilogue is expositional to be expositional, obviously, which huh? is which is to say that Barry's like, I was just banking on the idea that Zoom had done enough damage that the wraith would go after him and not me, right? So you're right in that sense, but he can't if he creates another time remnant. That will attract time race to his presence, right? So sure. So that's something he can do all the time. The other thing is you're right in the sense that they only explain it. And I hope – this is what I was saying, but I hope they take ch- the chances they take will play into the next season. I hope that the fact that he was willing to die and the fact that he kind of did die weighs on him so immensely in the next season, right? Okay, so, so I hear like you with that. Giving away his life because we all we, – first of all, and we're skipping ahead here at this point, but we know that – because of the choices that he made at the end of this episode, he's going to start next season without his powers. And that's yeah. going to cripple him emotionally. Like, he's – at first he's going to be like, oh, yeah, everything's good. Everything's – you know, my, I got my mom I back. I got my mom my back, My dad's yeah. here. We're happy. Everything's fine. Maybe I could work a new angle with Iris. But, like, he's going to continually, like, feel the need to do something more. Like – Well, also shit's going to be fucked up too. Like, there's going to yeah. – obviously. If I mean if they play up if they play up any of the flashpoint stuff that they're obviously hinting at, right. like there will be larger consequences to him saving his mom yes. that yeah. he he was not aware of. But the thing that including liked, potentially the return of Eobard Thawne yeah, and shit like that, yeah, right? Thawne could come back, we'll have Eddie back. But I think yeah. the cool thing that he said is like being the flash, I think he said it to his dad, he's like being the flash is the best version of him. And he yeah. won't have that anymore. And that'll, that'll exactly. like, ruin him. Um, mm-hmm. And then he'll need to, like, either redo the experiment. Now, here's something that's kind of interesting. We know that um, Thomas Wayne plays a huge part in Flashpoint. Correct. So we know that Thomas Wayne will not likely play a huge part in Flashpoint um, for our version. On the show. In the Arrowverse. But I did hear a pretty cool theory, and this is uh, on Fat Man on Batman, that... Mark Bernardin had brought up, which is that we don't have an Oliver Queen. We have his dad being Green Arrow. Ooh. So we have Oliver dying on the boat and his dad surviving. And his that dad would be interesting. To- Wouldn't that be fucking cool? Like, it'd be the okay, exact so same thing, but 
we would have I can't why can't I remember his name? Robert Queen. Yeah. As the Green Arrow. Which I think so is I'll, kind of fucking cool. I would love that. That would be amazing, right? And so look, here's here's they're not gonna do this oh. because they're not. You need to email them. We need to get a petition signed. No. Change.org. Look. <laughs> it would be incredibly risky, but I think it would pay off if, in fact, they reset the entire Arrowverse. Oh, I know, right? So here's two things. Here's two things. Oh, One, so much. we get to do that with Arrow, and Arrow gets an excuse to just reset all this magic and nukes bring bullshit. Back Laurel. Bring everyone back. Yeah. Start it all new. Everything. That would be cool, right? That would be yeah. really cool. But also, it's an excuse to get Supergirl into their universe. Yeah. Right? Because we know Supergirl's sort of. moving to CW. Yeah. And when when they did the crossover episode, they did it as though he had gone transdimensional again, right? Like mm-hmm. she's on a different There's Earth or whatever. Earth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whereas this allows the opportunity to say, like, no, maybe this happens on our Earth, and now we're all existing in the same universe. Like, whatever the resolution right. of this of this season can be, it, right. I mean, you could just, you just to, get like, to happen. You're going to merge the Earths together or something like that. Yeah, and it's, like, it's fine. Like, you're you're dealing with time travel and different timelines and right. shit. Like, you can explain anything away. It'll, it'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the only risk there is that you you risk bringing in a world that has Superman. Not that that would play yeah, into but it, but you do risk it. that. I know, that's what I, I would agree. You would just deal with it, but, like, that's the only thing I would say. It's, like, you would, but it would be kind of cool. I would like to see a little bit of, like, Diggle, like, trying to figure out why he doesn't feel right about a person like Supergirl in the world. Like, yeah. not just because she could fly and do all this shit. He'd be like, something about you is not right. Mm-hmm. Something about you doesn't fit in this world, um, even though she has no other world to go to. So that would be a cool way to go about it. It would be great, and and let's be and let's be real. It'd be, it'd be, the thing the thing I like about Supergirl potentially joining the Arrowverse is it forces these other shows to live in their own world, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't have Oliver Queen saving the world from magic and nukes with a fucking bow and arrow and a fist fight. Yeah. If Supergirl exists. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. then, like, because then the whole time you're just like, why aren't they doing a Supergirl crossover where right. she just ends this in a fucking right. punch or whatever with laser I already, eyes? Or I already felt the same way as to why the Flash wasn't there when all that was going down. It yeah, was, I mean. I get it, but, like, you know what? If every event is this world ending. Like, the cool thing about the Flash is, like, aside from. No the, one can deal with time travel. Well, that but and the Flash. no one's going to deal with the Flash's villains, right? Yeah. Like, except him. And I also really like the idea of characters like Livewire and Banshee coming over, yeah, and like being a, like a part of the Rogues Gallery, um, so that way for on on all fronts, so that everybody can yeah. have more people to fight. But um, oh, uh, let me just interject really quick about Arrow. I'm so fucking yeah. mad the way they handled Anarchy. He is <laughs> like, if I ever have the opportunity to like, not to say that I would, but if I were to ever have the opportunity to write an Arrow episode, it would be an Anarchy episode, and I would fix the shit out of that character. Just, mm-hmm. like, wholesale. Like, I would probably just change him. Be like, that other guy's dead, somebody else taking out the mantle, because you fucked up Anarchy. <laughs> um, so, but, yeah, I think what would be cool is, like, we get all those villains, and I kind of forgot where I was going after that. No, it was the, it was the idea that everybody gets together, right? Because the Flash should have been a part of the Arrow's finale. And I think that if 
that should be like their tenant in the writing room. If they're like, okay, let's look at our finale. Would the Flash need to be here? If the answer is yes, then it's the wrong finale for Arrow. Yeah. You know what Bottom I mean? Bottom line. And that's that's what I was getting at with adding Supergirl to the Arrowverse too, because, like, it, it, it's it's exactly it's keeping things on the scale that makes sense for them. Because yes. let's be real, like, at some point, even though we're we've set up this relationship or they've set up this relationship where Oliver gets to act a little bit as Barry's mentor and whatnot, like, it's just really obvious at some point that. We're going to say, like, okay, Flash is just clearly more powerful than Arrow. Mm-hmm. Like, just obviously a more useful weapon against any kind of, any kind of bad guy that comes along. Mm-hmm. And I get that Arrow's been able to play with magic and shit like that. And they've said that, right? You know, like, Flash is the science side. Arrow's the magic side. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that if that's what you want to deal with. But again, it's, it's, the, it's the question that you said where it's like, look... If this thing is so big or is shaped in a way that it requires the Flash, like mm-hmm. that you're just asking why isn't the Flash part of this exactly. or why isn't fucking Supergirl part of this, right. then and we are stepping out of crossover. our lane. It's not a planned yeah. crossover. Then, yeah. yeah, you're out. You're totally you're outside the bounds of who that character yeah. is. Yeah, I, that's 100%. And that's that. That's what this season of uh, Arrow felt like, and yeah. honestly, why you know I I was I was so salty on it, especially toward yeah. the end. I was just like, look, like there's just no reason for this to be. I mean, to be global scale magic and nuclear weapons oh like that. It was it was just like, come on, guys. And then again, right? So if we're talking about the difficulty of maintaining a raising of stakes from season to season. And we talked about how difficult it was going to be to go from, like, threatening to destroy the city, from mm-hmm. threatening to destroy the city to, you know, like, to yeah. what's next. Yeah. And now you've already done nuclear fucking holocaust. Yeah. There's no place Where to go from here. Where do you go from you there? You don't. Well, I already immediately had a problem with, like, where do you go from there when they started this season. Oh, it's so weird. They started this season on Arrow with, like, these, they're called ghosts, right? These, like, super yeah. soldiers that were, like fucking up star city and like speedy and guardian and uh black canary weren't enough right guardian like, gladiator guardian guardian you talking about diggle yeah is it guardian isn't it guardian i'm pretty sure no 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 it's not guardian or oh, gladiator. I call him guardian my bad it's sentinel it's um is it no. sentinel it's Whatever it's not sentinel. diggle sorry i call him guardian because of the helmet sorry yeah so, anyways, those three weren't enough, right? Speedy, Spartan. Diggle, Spartan, that's it. Speedy, Spartan, Spartan. and thank you, and uh, uh, Black Canary. They, they, they can't take these guys out. They're too much for them. Yeah. But as soon as fucking Oliver comes back, then they can handle it, right? And you're like, oh, shit, okay, I get it. Like, he's back. They have an extra number. That's cool. But by the end of this episode, Felicity's kicking their asses. Yeah. He's, like, hitting them with keyboards and shit, and you're like, this is a fucking farce. Like, this doesn't even make sense. Curtis and Felicity are, like, punching off fucking, like, you know, uh, and, and Laura, uh, what's his name? Fuck, the detective Lance is coming in. He's Lance, shooting yeah. him. And, like, everybody can handle ghost people now. And you're like, all right, you don't even, if you're not going to adhere to your own rules, which is clear, because they went to Magic and Nukes, then what's the fucking point? Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think that should be the bulletin board right now. Is like, 
what we discussed. If Arrow could make this problem, or if Flash could make this problem go away, then you're in the wrong lane. Yeah. So. It's tough. Um, and so, you know, back on the Flash finale, mm. um, we got the, you know, we got, it's so funny, uh, my girlfriend was watching and she loved it and she was, um, she the thing she loved the most was that she finally got to see Barry and Iris kiss, mm-hmm. which of course, as soon as they kissed, I was like, oh, he's fucking all of this up. Here yeah. we go, right? Yeah. Um, but I do like that they gave us that. Like that, I, I think they're being. If there's anything, first of all, if we get to talking about the entire season, I am supremely happy with season two of Flash. Mm-hmm. Like the Flash has been two seasons of an amazing show and even though i personally am largely disappointed with the finale Mm. um i like i like the implications of i like the flashpoint implications of the finale Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's a little i think they could have made it a little better considering the they like you know like three episodes episodes ago they just had him get over his mom's death but yeah Again, they, they did a good that, job. Of, they just turned that off. They turned it off, but they did. At least there was a reason for it, right? Mm-hmm. They upped the ante because his dad just died too, and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, and 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 if this all, you know, if Ground Zero of all of this spawned from his mom's death, then you get why he could just say like, well, if I just fucking fix that, then all of this yeah, is better. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just like, do what I set out to do at the end of the first season. I'm okay with him becoming like born again Scientology yeah. Christian guy, whatever he is, right? Where he just like totally believes in the universe and shit, just to have that ripped away from him. Like I, I, I think that's smart. I think it's it's unfortunate as a result of probably the 23 episode uh, structure that they had to like set it up and then crush it in such a short time. Whereas had this been like a 13 episode season, that probably would have been something that we got at the beginning of a season mm-hmm. and it spent the whole season tearing away from him so that by the right. end he's just like eh. um but that's okay right that, that that's fine i will say that, the only thing was, the only thing that i did feel was missing was a button which is like okay now you saved her uh but i wanted to see somewhere i want i wanted the audience the normies who don't know what flashpoint means i wanted them to get a hint of what that would fuck up just a little taste of how things would yeah. be different um, and they didn't. They just had him there. So. Well, okay. So it's it's interesting to me because one, I mean, if you just want to talk about practically, like that they haven't written what's fucked up yet. Um, everyone right. went on. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. But I also it, don't even know. Like, if you've never seen it, you don't know what that means yet. Mm-hmm. That he saved his mom. You know, which you know is he That's went what back. I mean, though. And he saw his he he saw his you know the other version of himself mm-hmm. looking at him and being like what the fuck are you doing type thing right mm-hmm. he saw that but then we still have no idea what the implications are and right. I guess I'm okay with like a super open open ended question mm-hmm. even though like you and I and people who might be aware of Flashpoint or comic nerds or whatever it could be you know holy shit, this is fucked up. Yeah. Considering the, the, the point of the finale is really to resolve everything in season two, mm-hmm. I get why there's not too much more. But I think you're right. Like, it could have been just a little bit. Just a taste. 
Right. It could have literally just been him waking up in regular times. Yeah. In his mom and dad's house instead of in Joe's house or right. whatever. Right. 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 And Wes being like, imagine. And so, I mean, we could speculate on it now if we want to. But imagine, you know, he wakes up at his mom and dad's house. He lives next door to Iris, or whatever. And, um, you know, like him and Iris aren't actually even really friends. Mm-hmm. He goes to talk to her, and she's like, "What the fuck? Yeah, like, get the fuck away from me!" Yeah, I've yeah, never, yeah, yeah. We haven't said two words to me, yeah. and he's like, yeah. "Wait, what?" Like, yeah. And we'll like, get all you've that. Been the closest person to me. Yeah. And then like Cisco and Caitlin and like. That'll be a different relationship, and he'll have to rebuild that to learn how to get his powers back. And, like, Harry, the yeah. actual Harrison Wells will be back. The original Harrison Wells will be that back. That looks like Harrison Wells and that looks like... But it won't be Thawne. Yeah. Because it'll be actually Harrison Wells. Yep. That'll be interesting. You know, what's interesting to me also is um, one of the things I didn't like... Um, once I realized, once I saw that they were going to do the Flashpoint type thing, mm-hmm. is that they already did, they already played the card of him having to go into the machine to try to get his powers back. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's one of those things that, like, how could you know beforehand or whatever? But in Flashpoint, and you look, in any in any type of commentary like this, we're going to be guilty of going too too close to the source material when mm-hmm. they obviously can just go any fucking direction they want. Yeah. But one of the one of the most um, emotionally relevant moments of the Flashpoint story is when Flash is like, "I got to get my fucking powers back." Yep. And it's like iconic. He's outside on the fucking patio at Wayne Manor, and he's got all this shit around him. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to do it, and it's just like this huge storm outside, and it's nuts when he gets. And Thomas Wayne is like, "What the fuck? Like, yeah. dude, you're nuts!" You're and he's crazy. like, "I just gotta get this right." And then it doesn't even work the first time, and all that shit. And they kind of already played that card. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we had now, first of all, let's be honest too. Are we gonna do an entire season of him not having his powers? Are we gonna do even half no. a season of him not having his powers? Well, up and probably till the season break. Because to me, they should do at least half a season hmm. for artistic purposes. Yeah. For marketing pur- purposes, they can't really do more than like three episodes. No, I I, I would agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Well, um, you know what? Uh, although. There could potentially be. They could do this. They could have a different speedster. Somebody else is the Flash. Yeah, I mean, if we and, get and like he tries to play a supporting role to that person, you know what I mean? Like, mm. he tries to, yeah, like be, a, you know, his own version of like a Jay Garrick or or a, a you know a Harrison Wells to that Flash. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So it'd be it'd be interesting, and it would also be. Um... It would also so the risk of that, which I don't think, you know, might not be as big of a risk as I'm stating, but the risk of that is, what if we come to like the new speedster more, right? Mm-hmm. Like the thing that we had about Jay Garrick that they, I mean, in season two, they gave us Jay. He's more handsome than Barry in the traditional manner, right? Mm-hmm. He looks more like a superhero. He's a little bit taller. He's at least as, as tall. He's a bigger guy. You know, he's got the like the chiseled chin and shit like that. He's got all. He's got the superhero look that Barry just never had. Like he's he's like the Flash Thompson to his Peter Parker, and 
it was really cool but the thing that barry always had is like he had his powers and jay Mm -hmm. never had his powers so as charming as jay was and how nice his smile was and he was winning over caitlin and all this stuff like he wasn't the flash so if we put barry in that position which i think is a good idea um as far as like you it's always nice to put your hero in a disadvantageous position right um but if you're literally replacing him with another Flash, that could potentially be more handsome, could be charming, could be better at being the Flash than Barry. Mm-hmm. Unless you're openly dealing with that and giving us giving us the perspective like so hardcore from Barry's point of view that that new Flash feels really otherly mm-hmm. and we never get any opportunity to really identify with him then you run the risk of him being the more interesting character. Right. Right. You run the Blade Runner risk, right? That's true. That's true. Historically, Blade Runner had an issue because they just made you identify so much with the villain by the end that you didn't want him to die. You were kind of cheering against uh, Decker or whatever. Right. Um, So, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, If it's. So here's the here's the question, then. How long does it take if you're doing Flashpoint and you're doing Flashpoint on CW? Mm-hmm. How long does it take you to do a few things? Thing one, give Barry his powers back. Mm-hmm. Thing two, get back to the normal universe, right? Like correct the Flashpoint error. Right. And thing three introduce the big bad of the series and let that person like run amok like what order do you put those in well first of all i don't know i don't know of another speedster villain at this point uh-huh. like there's the black flash but we just saw him so i don't think he's coming back um so i don't know who the big bad is at that point yeah. Um, so it'd be hard to say as to when you would introduce him, but thinking about the way you describe it, we'd have to give him his powers back probably within the first five or within the first ten episodes, right? Yeah. Ten if they're being bold. Um, probably within the first five. And then whenever their series break is, like I said before, I think that's when you bring him back to the regular timeline. But whatever, you know, whatever they bring with him into the new timeline, merging the timelines or whatever they do, right, uh-huh. um, is what brings in it brings in the big bad. And in that point would probably reveal like I would almost have something that like is just following him, like is chasing him, is causing him trouble, um, but isn't directly, you know what I mean? Somebody more Machiavellian than the two speedsters we've dealt with so far. Yeah. And then, yeah, somebody that finds a way to travel with him into the adjusted timeline. So I, I hear you. I think, I think you know, if you're doing this in order, um, to me, you ideally introduce the big bad immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's episode one or two or three. But you got to do it before he gets his powers back because the big bad has to be what gives him a reason to get his powers back. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, as much as I would like to wait until the very end of the season to get us back to 
where we were. I think if I'm doing a CW show, you get us back to the regular universe halfway through. Well, unless, again, unless they're still planning on, you know, using this as a tool to reset everybody, which would be great. Like, I would love to see Flashpoint be a reason why they reset every fucking show. All the shows. That would be so good, dude. It'd be great. Except for except for Legends of Tomorrow. I think Legends of Tomorrow, in a, in a, if they fucking were smart, that show needs work. But they could use that as a touchstone, like uh, as a as like a, a watcher or you know like a like a way of keeping track of everything for people. Yeah. You know what I no, mean? for like, sure. Since they can exist outside of time, they could be like the Flash is fucking shit up. We all exist outside of these these changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. That would be kind of a cool way for them to like keep track of how the timeline's changing is by using that show, and then that mm-hmm. way you bring in CW or Supergirl into the CW verse, and then you reboot Arrow. Because if fuck it, dude, if you use Flashpoint the same way they did in the goddamn comics, why not reboot everything? Why not fix shit? Why not go? You know what? There's stuff we like and stuff we don't like, so let's just recalibrate. Keep the stuff I we mean... like. Get rid of all the shit we don't like. So, it's interesting because it's actually a really convenient time for it, too, Mm -hmm. whether intentional or not, because just considering that Supergirl is moving from CBS to CW, viewers are going to be already open and expecting change, Mm -hmm. open to and expecting changes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's probably Supergirl fans that haven't watched any Flash or Arrow, mm-hmm. right? But because it's moving a different network, you can sell it as like, look, there's going to be changes because of this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And luckily, they've if you've watched Supergirl, you've had some introduction to the Flash already. Right. Um, I don't know. I would think that the audience is cross. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, so first of all, like, you know Arrow and Flash audiences cross, obviously. Yeah. I'm just saying, if there's any people who are out there on an island, it's the Supergirl fans. And it's not all of them, but, like, I could, it's, yeah. I can see more easily somebody being in a Supergirl and being introduced to that through the network more than um, any other way where they don't have to see any of the other shows. Because it doesn't, it doesn't require any any knowledge from any of the other shows at all mm-hmm. and it doesn't really exist in that world um so that's cool that's cool but yeah dude let's i mean let's let's think about it if you go ahead and reset everything mm-hmm. not just do we get the cool stuff where you know like robert queen could be green arrow and whatnot well okay so I, that would be obviously before they reset everything why oh no 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 because... no, no, no. That would be the flashpoint change, right? No, no, yeah, no, that's the flashpoint change. But yeah. then you get to do the reset after. Right. Oh, so you're talking about like the new Fifty Two? Yeah. Reset. Oh, sorry, sorry. The yeah. post flashpoint Don't, new yeah. Fifty Two reset. You're absolutely right. I didn't mean to confuse. It. Yeah. That no, is no, no, no. That's good. Exactly what I mean. So whereas we'll have like five or ten episodes of Flashpoint Flash and five or ten episodes of Arrow to talk about, you know, to like prepare the Arrow viewers for a big change. You know, however, they need to settle out and close out accounts there. 
Yeah. And when he fixes the timeline, he resets everybody. So, For all, okay, so I'm with that. Then that makes right? more sense to Flash me. Flash gets a total reboot from from fucking bottom top to bottom. Gets a full reboot. He spent five years on the island. Didn't have anything to do with fucking magic. Never met Rachel Ghoul. Starts with Deathstroke anew. You know what I mean? Like brings yeah. back Moira. Robert might be still that. You know, however you want to deal yeah. with that. Tommy might still be alive. Whatever you want to do there to fix, bring back the people you want to bring back. Keep the things you want to keep. Get rid of things you don't. And yeah. then. Flash can reboot, getting rid of things you don't want to keep and keeping, you know what I mean? Like fixing yeah, yeah, yeah. all that shit. And then Legends of Tomorrow, well, also it is an excuse to bring in Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow can be like, whoa, what the fuck's going on in the timeline? Like, because the cool thing about the old, okay, Legends of Tomorrow was a really bad season and I hope the second season is really good because I did get kind of excited because they ended it with a Legion of Superheroes. Okay. So like. Uh, one of the Le- Legion members showed up, and he's like, "Yeah, you're right here where you told me you would be." So, I don't know. I'm really excited about that. But they have they have a unique opportunity to be like, just a good bridge for all the shows to be keeping an eye on all the timelines and sort of yeah. like in the way that in the way that Marvel tried to model the whole Agents of Shield thing originally, where they're like, "Oh, this is just <coughs> like connective tissue between all the movies. Like it'll touch base on everything," and it really didn't. It's not doing yeah. any of that. In fact, they're so fucked that they're like need they're like knee deep in inhuman shit for a movie that's not even being made. Like, because originally they were like leading up to the Inhumans as a thing, and mm. in the show Agents of Shield they'd been talking about Inhumans like crazy. So they fucked themselves on that. But essentially, yeah, be the be <laughs> the actual promise, the fulfilling promise of that, where it's like. That show can be the connective tissue to everything. Keep an eye on all the timelines and, and yeah. educating the viewers on why things have changed because people get confused with that kind of shit. Like if yeah. I was just watching Flash and didn't know anything about Flashpoint and suddenly like shit just changed without an excuse, I'd be like, I need an explanation right now because I don't understand it. No, you're right. You're right. It does. It definitely needs to be clarified. Yeah. There's, there needs to be time and 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 story dedicated to get catching right. you up. And so this is actually part of why I'm okay with them not giving us a big tag at the end of the season finale. Right. No, yeah, yeah. You know, giving us implications of things because like we're going to have to really be I mean, casual viewers whatever are going to have to be really caught up on the whole like, whoa, like what what what's happening now? Yeah, you know, exactly. like it's going to be a big deal. Exactly. Um I don't know, is that it? What else what else you have on this, man? No, I think that's about it. Like I, I, like I said, one of the things that what, that I liked is that they took some interesting chances. I like that they spent an episode like putting Barry in a prison. Yeah, that was, was like, really that's cool. Really cool. Like that was. Just kind I mean, of... Flash has done so many smart things, just yeah. amazingly good decisions. Um, which is part of why I was so disappointed with the overall. Just yeah, the overall of the yeah. finale. It's like I said, I like I, I think you've 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 made a little bit of a point about the um, the time ghost things. I forget what they're called, and it's and why. Yeah. No, not the remnants. The um oh, things. Oh, wraiths. That, yeah. The wraiths. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why he can't just do remnants a hundred percent of the time all yeah, the time. Whenever he wants, all really. But it's it it's still like like that that like slightly softens that to me. But it still felt like oh god, this is just too easy. Like you could just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. You're right in that sense. Um, 
But I mean, overall, I'm still so largely pleased with this show. Yes. And their creative decision making, the execution of uh, episode to episode, and just scene to scene even is really top notch. I mean, like, I agree. I end up loving all these characters, and there's very few shows where I just love everybody on the show. I mean, I love Joe. I came to really like Wally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hype about jesse and harry's relationship and shit like that yeah, and he yeah, had a really yeah. good arc throughout the whole season yes Barry i want Iris, that one back just... i want them to stop rebooting harry's just let me keep one <laughs> like i really yeah. like that one he was a good guy he it was, was a good guy i was i mean we'll see we'll see because the thing is like now well the thing is they're rebooting everything so here's here's what i'm gonna say though yeah there is some danger here there's some danger in doing Flashpoint. And not just in doing Flashpoint by itself, but in the fact that I don't want to see every season be some sort of a time-based reboot or whatever, right? Right. No, I know what you mean. And when you get to time travel, it's dangerous. It was because really... Because time travel... Sorry, what? sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, just because... Because time travel can always be the way out of a situation. Yes. Yeah. Or, and if you're not smart, if you try to bludgeon your way through it, it's stupid. Like, yeah, I hate to say it, but that's what Legends of Tomorrow does. It's just like, they're just like banging their head against drywall. And when it breaks through, they're like, episode done. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? So I know what you mean. Like time travel. And like, that's the cool thing about the Flash and the dangerous thing about a show about the Flash. Like, yeah. in the comics, you don't fucking care. Like, there's been 60, 70 years of history. You're like, let's do it. Like, fuck with it. It's been 60 years of shit. Like, how many times can you, like, punch Captain Cold in the face? But in a TV show with, yeah, with, like, people getting emotionally involved with characters and relationships and stuff like that. Like, if you're not careful with how you, like, fuck with the way... I mean, it, it kind of... It's so weird, but it kind of goes back to the idea of, like... <laughs> Because you have the ability to fuck with things, um, it, it reminds me of, like, the whole Felicity... Uh, do you remember the show Felicity, the haircut thing? Yeah. Like, it just oh ruined the show for people, right? And if you have time travel, you could just do that all the time, right? Uh-huh. And that's what's dangerous. Like, you could just keep fucking it up, and your excuse to get out of it is to do it again. Like, you're, you're almost, like, not pot committed to anything. You just gotta go, oh, time travel's a thing. We can get out of time travel. So, that's it. Like, that's literally my... The the same issue I had with the time remnants yeah. of how time remnants felt it felt too easy it felt right. too low stakes to me right because like oh there was just this easy solution that you could do that kills off a character that doesn't actually kill off a character right you know now again I think you're you're right in the sense of if we get an entire season of Barry dealing emotionally with having a killed a part of himself. That's mm-hmm. one thing, but we're just not going to get that. Honestly, no, like I, I don't think we will either. And I, I think that that's a missed opportunity on their part. Yeah. Um, so that like that to me made that too easy. And that's what will happen with time travel. It's, it's like the, one of the things that arrow was doing for a long time is that like people just kept coming back to life. And so it took mm-hmm. the threat away from death. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And with time travel, you have that issue where, like, nothing bad that can happen actually matters mm-hmm. because you could always just time travel it away. Yeah, and, and that's what Legend of Tomorrow kind of was. Yeah. So you need to have this th- 
thing, and and they're gonna deal with it, and mm-hmm. because they're they're smart, they're really really smart at the Flash, and entire season three is going to be about the negative unintended consequences of time travel, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, that's literally spending a whole season saying like we can't just time travel our way out of fucking any situation, mm-hmm. and that would be great. That would be – I mean that's how you need to handle that show. Right. That's how you need to deal with that concept to make it not just be a cheap, easy victory thing. Right. I agree. I agree. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. Flash, you keep on – Keep on keeping on. I agree. I agree. All right. Um. Yeah, I think that that kind of – covers it the only thing that i want to talk about really briefly before we we put a cap on this because i know it's directly related to your interest is um daniel craig saying no to a lot of money uh this is a long time coming honestly i think we knew it i just i'm curious as your thoughts about you know who who's so far in the in the running okay so here's here's i'm gonna i'm gonna try to not make this an entire full podcast okay um there are two people that are in talks right now Mm -hmm. and that is jamie bell and tom hiddleston Mm -hmm. uh tom hiddleston obviously of loki fame yep um but also very recently did um the night manager Mm -hmm. which is um excellent as a um, it's an AMC show based off like of series, right? Yeah, it's a six it's a six part miniseries based off um why oh can't I remember this author's name? Um, um a famous author who writes nothing but spy shit. He, uh, John Le Carre John Le Carre. Okay. Um he he's he's written a ton of great spy movies. I mean like if you follow him, I mean, he's done like um the Constant Gardener, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, stuff like that. Like he knows how to write espionage novels, mm-hmm. um, stories, um, and it's it's pretty good. It's not amazing. I'll say this: like when I watched The Night Manager, I did three I, I, the first three episodes. I was locked in. I was like, "This is so good! I can't wait to see how this plays out." Mm-hmm. And then I was really just kind of disappointed with how it finished out. It, it started off just like on fire and then kind of fizzled out. It's okay. It's okay. But it's an overall pretty good series. And Tom Hiddleston, it's, it's his layer cake, right? Mm. Um, it's, it's his role as a, a spy, but, and so everybody's doing that comparison. They're saying like, it's his bond audition and he's going to have it and all stuff. Mm. But like he, and first of all, I got to give him a lot of credit. I honestly did not think he had that in him to be a spy. Mm-hmm. I just never would have guessed that. Like I see him in British sappy romances and I see him as Loki because he's able to do that kind of smile thing and all that shit. Uh-huh. Did not see him as a spy. He sold me as a spy, but he didn't sell me as like a well-rounded spy. And this is nothing to do with him. They just the, – the the actual story didn't give him enough to work with. Right. To really to like explore more yeah. of him other than, like, he can be really persuasive and charming and smile. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, like, one small aspect of Bond. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, of course, whoever the next Bond is going to take Bond in a different direction, and they should, right? Like, that's what's cool you about gotta make it your own, get right? different ones, right? Different interpretations, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, the next person that's being talked about is Jamie Bell. Um, Jamie Bell is, first of all, he's five feet fucking seven. Um, so that he's alone should man. disqualify him to me. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I thought... Like, they would definitely be going for a much younger... He would also be the youngest, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I think the youngest... I mean, let's be real. I'm pretty sure that Daniel Craig was the youngest at 39 mm-hmm. when he got cast. Or he was among the youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamie Bell is currently 30 years old. Yeah. Um, so look, I'm I'm okay with him being if you want to do Baby Bond, which is weird <laughs> considering you had 39 year old Daniel Craig do Casino Royale, which is the genesis of James Bond, right? Right. right. But that's fine. That's fine. But like Jamie yeah. Bell is 30 years old. He was born in '86. He's a young man. And oh my god. He's known for like James Bond can't be younger than me. That's not a thing. I mean, he's Ben Grimm. In the latest Fantastic Four movie, you I know? I watched that movie, by the way. Yeah, I did too. We're going to have to talk about that. Yeah, we are. Um, you know, he's in Snowpiercer. He does the voice of Tintin in The Adventures of Tintin. Right, right. You know, he's he's in Jumper. He's in Defi- Like He's in a few he's movies, He's young, right? he's popular, and he's British, and that's why they wanted to talk to him. Yeah, and I get that. Yeah. Um, I just, like... Daniel Craig at 5'10 was already really short for Bond. Mm-hmm. Really short. Um, and look, am I saying, like, for I'm a Tom Cruise fan. Obviously, I'm okay with, like, really tiny action stars. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But James Bond, there's, there's just so much to it. And look, obviously, he could make it his own. Mm-hmm. He could do something amazing. And he could, like, erase all that doubt. Mm-hmm. The same way, like everybody hated on Daniel Craig because he was blonde and they thought he was too short. And I was like, "But have y'all seen Layer Cake?" Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that's fine. That's fine if they want to do that. Whatever. Like, they, they, I'm sure they could work it out. But when I think of Tom Hiddleston's out there, when I think of Idris Elba still out there, which Idris Elba has not had a conversation with the Broccoli family. That oh, conversation okay. hasn't happened. Like, that's all been speculation and right. rumor and all this stuff. And it's cool because, like, everybody wants Idris Elba. I mean, well, prior to this Tom Hiddleston thing because everybody's on their Loki train and whatnot. Right. But, I mean, I'm I'm just still Idris. We've seen him in Luther be a very brilliant, hard-nosed detective. And let's be real because, like, I, I've, I've been having this conversation with one of my friends. I've seen him in Luther being Batman. <laughs> right well <laughs> yeah. i've 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 had this conversation with one of my friends where i'm like dude idris elba is not only handsome as fuck mm-hmm. but he is also charming he's also played like a super hard-nosed brilliant detective and he's physically imposing and she's like well we just got the physically imposing bond and i'm like yeah we did but we also got the physically imposing like hard-headed fucking kind of 
dumb as rocks Bond. Mm-hmm. And not to knock Daniel Craig, I love Daniel Craig's interpretation of Bond, but they play it up in the movie. They're like, yeah, dude, a blunt intro- instrument can't be a fucking spy. Mm-hmm. Like, they're constantly poking fun at the fact that he's just like, fucking head down, run straight in the situation and figure it out, and not smart. And we've seen the range from um, from Idris Elba in not just in Luther, but in all his roles. I mean, he's played Mandela. I mean, he's amazing in Beasts of No Nation and all oh, these yeah. things, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Stringer Bell on The Wire. Yep. We've seen all these things where Idris has been this just like soup, whether he's been kind of a Machiavellian, really thought out intellectual, or he's been this kind of like super charismatic, terrible human being, or he's been this kind of like emotionally righteously driven detective that's just like always has to outthink the smartest of villains mm-hmm. you know um he's been that i mean like luther let's be real luther's luther's the black sherlock holmes that's just what he is like he's he's faced with these complex villains and like they don't play up the whole thing that it's the battle of wits the whole time mm-hmm. the way that they do in sherlock yeah but they do play up that it's he a- has to be two steps ahead of him mentally to get yeah catch them but it's a different kind of wit too it's not like a yeah. there's not a whole it's it's it sounds fucked up but like there's not the same level of sophistication with the like here's the, here's the difference here's the way that i would describe the two whereas sherlock is he has criminals and criminal masterminds that he chases that fucking need to be caught that want to be caught luther doesn't have that problem like this this like the people he's chasing don't actually want to be caught oh for sure that's the challenge that he has yeah Um, except in the case of the obviously the one the first the first one which is a little different but like Uh yeah like his is like his cases are oh god if you haven't seen this fucking show you're completely missing out but luther's so good oh god i love that show (laughs) Anyways, um, so yeah, so I, I I guess when it comes down to it, there, the thing that I want the most is I want a bond that can be that could go in any direction, and I feel like Idris Elba provides us the most opportunities for that, considering the range of what we've seen from him mm-hmm. in all his work in the last like fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, then of course he could be bond in every way we've ever loved. You know, he, he could flash the smile. He, he could get the ladies. He could beat someone down in a fight if we want to see it, you know, whatever, like he'll be fine. And, and, and all that stuff, he'll be great at it as a matter of fact, you know, mm-hmm. um, you believe that he could talk his way out of a situation, all that. And I just haven't seen, first of all, I definitely haven't seen that from Jamie Bell. Um, not to not to slam him. Um, he's he's done some really really good work, and he's obviously a talented actor. But I just haven't seen that from him. And I've seen a little bit from Tom Hiddleston in The Night Manager, which is again, you know, a, a pretty solid show. And on his part, there's nothing that he could have done more to make that show better. I mean, he was he was working with what he was given. Um, but I I'm I'm still just not 100% sold on him. Um, I mean, I would prefer Hiddleston far over Jamie Bell, mm-hmm. but who knows? And, and like, it's honestly, let's be real. The next Bond movie is not going to film for another year or two, or, or I mean, not even going to go into pre-production for another year or two. Right. They're going to take their time with it because they want to get it right. And they'll see. I'd be shocked if we heard anything before 
the end of the year even. Um, I mean, there, there's talks right now, but it, there's just no like there's no incentive for them to announce very soon. They could, they could if they're just dying to make another movie. But I mean, the last few movies have made so much money for them that um, it would be important for them to, or I mean, it would be important. It would be reasonable for them to just take their time with the next one to make sure that they get it right and that they can that they can go forward in a direction that they think will garner them similar um similar uh financial dividends especially considering looking at where blockbuster movies have gone right because the daniel craig hiring and the direction of those films was very largely influenced by the Bourne series mm-hmm. and what Bourne had really done to change action films. And now we're in the era of the superhero film. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee they're going to be looking at Marvel films, the the most successful Marvel films. They're going to be looking at the Chris Nolan Batman films. They're going to be looking at um, Star Wars. And they're going to think... What can we do to compete with those movies? Mm-hmm. And whether that means they go into a slightly more lighthearted bond um, and they play up the gadgets thing more and shit like that, maybe. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe not. But I do think that when they're making their decision, that's what they're going up against. And so as a result, there's kind of no reason to super rush it. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, oh, we know it. We just got to do X. Because it's changed since the last time they've had to make this decision. They're going to want to get it right. That makes sense. That makes sense. That was even longer than I wanted to talk. But there's (laughs) no worries. I could still go even further. Yeah, there's tons (laughs) to talk about there. I just wanted to get your, like, initial reaction on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, like I said, nothing against um, Jamie Bell or Tom Hiddleston. Um, Yeah. I, I, I think your options are, are larger with Idris Elba. And right. he's just a better Bond, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. Um, the only other thing that I saw, and I wanted to just read this really quickly, was that... And I don't know a lot about this, and I want to, I know because we want to wrap this up. But yeah. it was that Dwayne Johnson is going to be Doc Savage, uh-huh. which is pretty fucking cool. Um, I guess if anybody's at all unfamiliar, and and I am also mostly unfamiliar, Doc Savage started us as this like pulp adventure, like hero kind of like obvious. Like uh, if you look at, at some of the covers he of you know his magazine, you yeah. can see where Indiana Jones came from. Um, yeah, absolutely. And he became uh, what they call the world's first superhero. Um, he became the man of bronze mm-hmm. um i couldn't tell you as to why that that's the case like i said i'm not that familiar but what's interesting is that this is um the rock and shane black who that will be interesting for sure is already really interesting and is in my opinion had middling success with superhero stuff in the past um well what's interesting or what's going to be even more interesting is that uh Shane Black's movie The Nice Guys that just came out right now is actually being reviewed fairly well even if it's not making much money because I, I, I mean, think it was super poorly marketed. That's fucking right up his alley though. 
Like yeah, everything no, it about is. that movie, you're like, that's a Shane. It fucking screams Black Shane movie. Black. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Lethal Weapon had a baby and it's called yeah. Guys. Um, <clears throat> so that is interesting. Yeah, this isn't quite up his alley potentially, but the you know it's like an old adventure comic character come to life. I guess is what they're gonna go for. Yeah. Maybe more the man, the man of bronze, and less the pulp adventure sort of Indiana Jones esque guy, because he obviously had quite an evolution through the years. What the thing that I found kind of interesting about it is his publication history. Mm-hmm. He's been published on both Marvel, DC, and Dark Horse. So like, in the in the in the age of comicdom. You know, yeah. you can't pin him anywhere. He's a little too old for that. But when the movie title starts, DC is the the production partner for the movie. So that'll be kind of interesting, also considering that Dwayne Johnson was supposed to be um, Black Adam. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know if yeah. that's going to affect him being Black I mean, it can't po- – like, honestly, nobody else can be Black Adam. You just look at The Rock and you look at pictures of Black oh, Adam yeah. on you're Google like, and you're like, him. oh yeah, that's him. So I'm I'm curious if that'll have anything to do with it. But this is kind of, yeah, this kind of came under the list of all the things DC was working on. Um, you know, that Cyborg movie, the, all the other shit. Um, yeah. And with their whole new creative shakeup, I wonder if that might have something to do with it. I doubt it. This, like I said, the Doc Savage thing is not particularly owned by DC Comics. It's not owned by Marvel. It's so fucking old. Like it's it, like nobody really owns it. Yeah, it's um, weird. So I don't know. Just thought that that was kind of a cool thing that happened actually just yesterday. So that's that's it for me. I I the, what I do want to do next episode is talk about what it means for the entire shakeup at DC. Moving mm-hmm. forward, because um, I'm sure you've read by now what what that was. Oh about. yeah. But I also want to talk about the Fantastic Four movie. So you guys can Ooh, look forward to that next next time. Yeah, man, let's do it. Next time. Next time. Next time. I'm with it. All right, All right cool. guys. Well, thanks for listening once again. Hit us up, man. Hit us up on the social medias. We are on Twitter at Brick Sandwiches. Mm-hmm. We are on. Uh, what's that other thing we're on? Facebook. Are we on uh, Facebook. Facebook? There you go. At Brick Sandwiches. We're at BrickSandwiches.com. So there are all those things. I'm pretty sure at this point, if you went to Google and typed in Brick Sandwiches, you would have no problem finding us. I mean, that's just what it is. Right. So. And that's kind of awesome. I agree. Yeah, I think it's more than kind of awesome. Um. So yeah, guys. Uh. You know, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later. Peace.